Well, on this Pentecost Sunday, our text of Scripture for today's worship comes from the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter, beginning with the 8th verse. This is a part of a section known as the Last Discourse of John, in which Jesus is teaching his disciples about what is about to happen to him and what is about to happen to them. I invite you to listen for God's word. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, but if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Join me in prayer. Great God, who in the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit comes into our lives to correct what is wrong, to guide to direct, to sustain and comfort and support and help. We come before you this morning on this Pentecost Sunday and ask that by the power of your Spirit in and with us, that you would speak and that we would have ears open to hear what you have to say. For we pray in Christ's name. Amen. It was just two weeks ago that the foundation of the San Marino Community Church and the personnel committee of the session organized an anniversary celebration here, complete with a brunch and a wonderful recognition of my 10th anniversary at the church. Lynn and I were completely overwhelmed by the experience of that day, and I received so much thanks and encouragement from the congregation in addition to the gift that was provided by the officers of the church so that Lynn and I can travel to see our kids and grandkids more often. So I want to thank all of you for your participation, your contribution and support, your prayers, your involvement over the last 10 years that has really revitalized our congregation. 
at that anniversary celebration, more than once and more than one person used this expression. You ain't seen nothing yet. Revitalization. Now, isn't that what we need in our lives? And isn't that what we need in our community? And isn't that what Pentecost is all about? You ain't seen nothing yet. The New Testament says that those who witnessed that first Pentecost were amazed and perplexed. That's what those believers felt. And that's what it feels like when you're in God's presence. Amazed and perplexed. Have you ever felt that? Only God can be responsible for that kind of wonder in life. Life can be wonderfully frightening and blessedly confusing all at the same time. I have known the inadequacy of language in trying to explain the presence of mystery and the mystery of God's presence. This morning we reaffirmed that the life that God gives comes to us through the Holy Spirit. It comes into our lives and that life both comes from and it comes for the life of our community. In other words, we need one another in order to experience that life that God intends. Inspiration. Where does it come from? How do we find more of it for our lives? Can we harness inspiration? That inspiriting that lifts our lives from the ordinariness of life to something extraordinary. So I want to consider this morning what happens to us when the Spirit moves. Now the life-giving Spirit of Jesus, that Holy Spirit, according to John's Gospel, is the presence of the absent Jesus. Our translation this morning called it the Holy Spirit, the Advocate. In the Greek, the word is paraclete. It's sometimes translated in other ways. Uh, it's the continuing work of Jesus. It means literally coming alongside. It's often translated comforter or helper. The Holy Spirit comes alongside the believer as an advocate, providing continuing instruction in the faith, revealing truth, keeping the voice of Jesus a living presence in the life of the believer and in the life of the community of faith. Yesterday, I felt the Spirit moving when I watched a group of 20 or 25 from San Marino Community Church helping to package and distribute food to those in need from the food shelf at Iglesia de la Comunidad in Highland Park. This was part of our service day entitled The Hands for Christ. That was 
one group of 25, there were two other groups, one here at the church putting together love kits for Friends Indeed, and another group at Harambee that was painting the basketball court. And I believe they probably felt the Spirit too. I was at Iglesia speaking with pastors and worship leaders there, and I found it remarkable that so many barriers like language and culture and socioeconomic status just melted away as we shared our faith. And there was this emerging sense of unifying power in life that cut across all the divisions. The worship leader at Iglesia has studied in Boston at the Berkeley School of Music. And one of his goals is to introduce to that community the fine arts, theology in the arts for a community that rarely has an opportunity to hear orchestral music or classical music. And I began to imagine ways that perhaps our community of faith, with this great music tradition here, could maybe participate with them in providing an opportunity to hear great music in Highland Park. They even are talking about providing a school where their children can learn music and learn instruments. I think this morning maybe we need to rethink what it means to be alive in the Spirit on this Pentecost Sunday. Maybe the empowerment of the Holy Spirit we seek comes through community. Maybe we've misunderstood on some level what happened that first Pentecost. I've tended to believe that the primary work of the Holy Spirit is to initiate, to sustain, to renew, and to shape the lives of individual believers so that our shared life together in community is just a happy byproduct of what's going on inside of each one of us. But I'm beginning to think that the reality may be that the primary work of the Holy Spirit is to initiate, sustain, renew, and shape the shared life of our community. And providing individual believers is simply instrumental to that end. In other words, we have it backwards, or I've had it backwards. I may think that God wants to enhance my life and the community faith is there to serve the purpose of enhancing my individual life, my personal fulfillment. And the truth seems to be that God wants to enhance our communal life, and He provides each of us with some gifts to bring to the party. I love this story, and you've heard me tell it before. But at the fifth assembly of the World Council of Churches, as it was drawing to a close, a well-known anthropologist, Margaret Mead, rose to her feet and approached the microphone. She looked out, she surveyed the gathering throng. There were two and a half thousand people of many cultures and denominational labels speaking hundreds of different languages people ranging from a Ghanaian high court judge to a Memphis used car salesman, from the Archbishop of Canterbury to a tribesman 
from northern Kenya who had walked for three days just to watch and to listen and to pray. Dr. Mead said simply, you people are a sociological impossibility. You have nothing in common except for the extraordinary conviction that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. She was amazed and perplexed. That sounds like the Holy Spirit. What an extraordinary vision of community. The church can continue to provide the world with some even more remarkable sociological impossibilities. That seems to me to be the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to the words of our brief statement of faith in our book of Confessions as it describes the work of the Holy Spirit. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of people long silenced, and to work with others for justice and freedom and peace in gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. End quote. Perhaps you've heard the saying, Life is not measured by the number of breaths you take, but by the moments that take your breath away. Have you ever experienced something so wonderful that it just simply takes your breath away? That, I think, is the movement of the Holy Spirit, and it's intended to happen in worship. And it often happens in worship through the music provided by this choir. I know many of you come to hear them more than you come to hear me. We worship with such great music each week. Each of us have been given a particular voice to contribute to the shared experience of worship. And without your presence and your contribution here in worship, our communal experience falls short. We are diminished, and so are you. This church has music that is the envy of many churches, and we dare not ever take it for granted. Paul exhorts the Ephesians to be filled with the Spirit and 
Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in conclusion, let me just consider this important connection between being filled with the Spirit and singing. There's this unity that's achieved in choral singing with distinctive differences and parts all contributing to the whole. Not everyone's a soprano or a baritone, and yet there's this experience of unity that's more than the sum of its parts when we sing. In many ways, music provides a wonderful model for the church as a way of enacting our unity. There's one melody, but people of different genders and ages and ethnicities and experiences and education and backgrounds sing it. At a basic level, singing together reminds us that there are others in the room with us. The people next to us have their own voices. And in singing, we participate in that experience of using our voices alongside those of others in concert with one another. Not the same voice, but in concert. Voices of different quality and timber and register get tuned together. And in order for that to occur, we each must submit to one another and to the director and to the music itself. There's a common tempo, there's a rhythm, there's a melody, there's a harmony provided, and that's the structure to which we must submit, but that facilitates rather than frustrates the intention to sing. So when the church sings, our distinctive voices become part of a chorus of praise, the chorus of joy to God, the one who gave us voice, the one who helps us find our voice, and the one who is still there when our voices have grown silent. I believe the worship of our Lord will always include music because music has the power to transcend our experiences of life. Our hearts are lifted. Our grief is expressed. Our prayers are sung. Our faith is taught in and through music. So we owe a great debt of gratitude to our choir on this Choir Appreciation Sunday. We owe a great debt of gratitude to Dr. Glenn DeLang, who directs this choir and has invested so much of his life here in our midst, and to Lisa Edwards, who accompanies this choir, John Dewar and all who are instrumentalists, and a great debt of gratitude to our soloists and to our section leaders and to those who every Thursday night come out to rehearse to get ready for worship and then are here every Sunday morning at 8.30. They've led us into a deeper experience of the power of worship and the unity of the Holy Spirit. And by God's grace, we are inspired by them. Thank you. Christ is present with us, gives us new life through the Holy Spirit. 
God breathes that which brings new life and renewed life into us. The Spirit of God comes from and for the community of faith. So thanks be to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for coming alongside us, for being our advocate, our comforter, our helper, who leads us into a new way of living together. And I truly believe we ain't seen nothing yet. Thanks be to God. Amen.